0: We're up to Daf Yud Gimel Lamed Beis. We're going to pick up three lines from the bottom. That is where we left off. Today's Daf is Daf Yud Dalit. All right, here we go. So the the Perak began on Yud Gimel Lamed Aleph. Right? We started uh, we started the Perak where we listed the fifteen different categories and people who were who uh, were in charge of overseeing. This enterprise of the base hamikdash, as we're going to learn as, uh, on Amr Beis of today's daf, there were even further. There was further oversight beyond uh, individuals overseeing each department. These individuals had multiple people overseeing them as well. Now we'll get there, Misham, and Amr Beis, just to focus on the, what the Mishnah taught us on Yud Gimel Amr Aleph is that we uh, we met Nuchunia who was Chayfer Sichin? Nehunya was the one in charge of digging the wells and the different ditches that were necessary for the Beis HaMikdash and for people who were Ola Regal, people who went up to the Beis HaMikdash. Now the Gemara is going to say something very interesting about Nechunya. Says the Gemara, Nechunya Chayfer Sichin. Bottom line on Yurgim Gimlam and Beis, Shaya Chayfer uh, he knew how to dig uh, ditches and into caves, find springs. Very interesting. Sometimes you'll find cold, you know, crisp cold springs of water. Sometimes you'll find hot springs. Nehunya was very unique. He had a very unique talent. That Yoda, Top of today's daf, he knew kif which types of rocks as the water moved along in the springs would cool off the water of a kif and which types of rocks is be which would give off heat to the water and different levels of heat as well but and which you know which types of rocks are going to bring springs to 90 degrees which ones are going to bring them to 130 degrees to 37 degrees he knew uh, how to gauge all these different types of springs a fascinating uh, uh, a fascinating responsibility. Now, the Gemara is going to say, until the two dots, we're going to come across something that seems to be contradictory. Okay? And I would like to explain the contradiction once we've finished, and, and to go through this. But here we go. The Gemara says that despite the fact that Nechunya Yosem was responsible for water, which usually we know, when a person uses Gashmius, uses something for you're going to be protected from that. Interestingly, the Gemara says, Amar Rav Acha, Despite the fact that Nechunya Chayfer was, you know, his mitzvah, his masterpiece mitzvah, had to do with ditches and wells, his child ended up dying from thirst, and he didn't have enough water, which is something that should bother us, and the Gemara itself is bothered. And the Gemara tries to um, tries to understand it. And the Gemara says, listen, Nechunia was a big tzaddik. Sometimes big tzaddikim, HaKadosh Baruch um, you know, raises the level of responsibility for them. And with responsibility comes consequence. Omer Rabbi Hanino, anybody who says that HaKadosh Baruch is mevat, therefore goes. HaKadosh Baruch is loving, mm-hmm. kindness, uh, does not bring any consequences, and you could do whatever you want. Hashem understands. Yevatram Bene should have his, uh, if you his uh, digestive system, his intestines should forego him. Meaning, a person should suffer from diarrhea. ruche, Hakadosh Baruch Hu doesn't forego. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is patient, though. Hakadosh Baruch Hu is very slow to anger. The but ultimately. HaKadosh Baruch Hu takes his time. And we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu's Mida uh, trait of mercy is 500 times the trait of justice, of Din. However, there's consequences to our actions. And um, if a person doesn't behave and act in a way of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, there's going to be consequences. That's part of Hashem loving us. It says, uh, That people who are in HaKadosh Baruch Hu's close confines, things are uh things get wild yeah things get um uh it's a uh, uh there's a lot of action <laughs> <laughs> yeah because because there's baruch who's amongst people who are close to him but <laughs> the greater the person the greater the responsibility and with the responsibility comes you know comes consequences and also opportunity. so everything goes hand in hand number of says says. Don't learn it out from the pasuk of usevivav neshara maayid ella min madchsev. Learn it out from the pasuk which says vneiru al kol sevivakodesh is actually in fear in awe of those who surround him. Baruchu is more in awe of those who are closer to him than those who are further from him. In other words, there's again like we like we explain there is greater opportunity and greater responsibility. Rev Chagai B'shem Hashem Bar Nachman says, the Chassid, that's the story with the Chassid. He was, he would, you know, you have Chavirim, hatsala. he was the guy who was in charge of all the wells, making sure there was there was for people to drink. One time was his water, daughter's wedding day. She was on her way to Rechazna, it was a flood, river washed up, uh, took her away. And everybody came to try to comfort him. And he wasn't able to be consoled. Now we know from the Torah that when somebody's not able to be consoled, where do we know this from? Yaakov Avinu and Yosef Atzadik, right? That when somebody's really alive, so you don't have this promise where HaKadosh Baruch Hu allows people to forget. So apparently it was a day or two later and it was impossible to be consoled. So notice, just notice this now, because it's probably going to be leading us Two that she actually was not dead despite him knowing that. He wanted to comfort him. But this this year cannot be consoled. Now this was a chassid. Now if you saw the, if a person's a chassid, is a very close to Akadish Barakhu, so you realize that Akhobi it's a it's, 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 the, it's the saddest of the sad. But you should at least accept words of Nahama, words of comfort. And he wasn't willing to accept the words of comfort. So Repilchus bin Yara was bothered by this. Omar Lloyd, Repilchus Ben Yara said, This is the chosid in your city? What type of mishigas is this? I don't understand. If this guy is such a chosid, why in the world isn't he, you know, isn't he accepting the Ratzan Hashem? Omar Lloyd, they said, Rabbi, hayo, oh, said This is what happened. Yeah, he was the one who brought the water to Ganskla Yisrael. And his daughter's hurt through water. How's it shy? How's it possible? Omar he said, "Oh, it's not. Is it possible somebody could honor the Eibister with water?" and because his brother is going to hurt him through water, not shy. Now we can immediately ask ourselves, what about uh, what, what, what about the, the previous Maysa? Right. So Immediately a talk. Right, a you have a Sephardic Habara. Yeah, you have a more yeshivish one, right? So there was a talk in town. She comes in. She comes walking into town. Is the army. Some say, how what happened? is That really, she never drowned in the first place. All right? She caught onto a log, caught onto a tree. And she was saved. This the army. And others say, Malach Yaris, Kedemus, Rukhaz, Benyar, Vitzila. And a Malach came down in the, which looked like Rav Pinchas ben Yor, apparently was some sort of, of um, godless some sort of a connection with Rav Pinchas ben Yor, that he, once he heard this went and uh, you know sent a Malach or Davin that Hashem should send a Malach to save her. Okay, now here's what I wanted to talk at the end of the Gemara we have an apparent contradiction, it seems because when we started out we had Nechunya Kai Prasichim whose son died from thirst and over here you have a mice with her Pinchas Ben-Yar who says it's not possible. Okay, so that is the classic question we could, we should be asking ourselves. I don't know if we have a great answer, but yet there's, in other words, you're never going to completely understand the and Hashem, how HaKadosh Baruch works. Maybe, maybe uh, there were other Averis that his son did that despite the fact that uh, his father was involved in water for Klaueh's, uh, water for the a Golem, and for the Beis Hamikdash, still, you know, made a mechuyeh, or maybe they were so great that Kach was with them There's a lot of maybes, but notice there's two different outcomes that we had. One person actually died, despite the fact that their father was involved in this area of mitzvahs, and the other one did not. The other one was saved in that schus. So it's a bottom line. Our human minds are never going to fully grasp the wonders. Of Hakadosh uh, Baruch Hu, but we know they're emes. We know it's true. Okay, fascinating Gemara. Next piece of Mishnah: Gavini Karos. Gavini was the one who called out to the Kahanim Levi Yisraelim. He was the one who announced the Beis Hamikdash. He was the megaphone, the speaker system. Shoyamachar Beis Hamikdash. He would call out in the Beis, Amikdash. he would announce. What did he say? Imdu get up. The guys get up and do the Avodah. Leviim should go up onto the Duchening. Yeah, get up on the stage and start singing. We know that there were always Yisraelim in the Beis Hamikdash. Because the owners always had to be with the Karbanis, and every time there were Karbanis brought on behalf of Klal Yisrael, um, there needed to be Yisraelim there. So there were twenty-four Mabados. Klal Yisrael was always there. You hear this? Agrippas heard Gvini's voice. This is over fifteen miles away. All right, over uh, he heard him eight uh, He was so surprised. He he uh, he paid him well for uh, for this ability. Uh, Peri. Next part of the Mishnah, ben Gevra al Al-Nila-Sharayim. Ben-Gever was in charge of unlocking and locking the gates. Tigram Rav Kumi, base Rav Shila. Rav explained um, this, what Gever means in the Yeshiva of Rav Shila that kro Gavra Achrez Kruza. It's referring to a man calling out. Omron lay. they said to Rav, Emar Why don't you say... That we're dealing with a chicken. Okay? Because they said a gever means a chicken. And you find this elsewhere. On our line, Sarab says, Ben Gever, Islam the yeah you are not gonna call uh, a chicken, you're not gonna come across the word sun. Alright? And since we're using the word sun, we're referring to a human uh speaker system. Okay. Bambavi Bavi ala Pekia. Bavi was in charge over the Pekia. Now, this is very interesting. Let's just give a quick preface over here. Uh, al Pekia is that we know there was a set amount of oil used in the Menorah each night that it burnt, But nights fluctuate in time. Some nights are 8 hours long. Some nights are 14 hours long. And it was the same amount of oil. So the way that they would determine how to light the Menorah and how much oil to use up would be by the size wick that they put in. Bambavi, his talent... And his responsibility, his job, was to change the 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 sizes of the wicks to to produce larger flames that you burn oil faster, and smaller flames that the oil will take longer. So he would change around the wicks. So basically, all the kufra, basically went to kufra and he told them you gotta have people who take care of. Of uh, your city of Kufra, you got to appoint leaders, and listen to what they said. Very interesting. They said, Velay kiblaminon." They said, "You know, none of us are roy. None of us are fit to be communal leaders." All Omar Amar He said, "Listen, Ben Bavi Al Pekia. Ben was the Rashi over the wicks in the base on Mikdash. People have different responsibilities. People have different levels of uh, people have different levels of Achrayus." Listen, he was able to accomplish, uh, he was able to accomplish sea to focus on the wicks. That's how he helped Klai. So, is and he ended up being counted amongst the Gedele Adar. he's listed in our Mishnah, Atem Shatim of you can help Yidin. So, like Koshkein, how much more so should you choose to get involved with Sarchei Sibur? in matters of the Tibor. Period. Benarza Alatilto. Benarza was in charge of the tilto, the cymbals, the the instruments that were played in the base. Amikdashgada The Tamon that the Sagan, the assistant Kingado, would Haynif he would wave a handkerchief, a hikesh benarza but tilto, Benarza would would uh, bang his cymbals, and that was the sign for all of the the Levium to start singing, who was the choir conductor? Yes, so Hugras Ben Levi Alashir. Hugras Ben Levi was the one in charge of the choir. Amravachanim Yisir Hayadei Hugras had a beautiful voice, very pleasant. Ben Levi, bezemer, He had a very unique uh, ability that he had a beautiful voice, but in addition to that, when he would stick his different fingers into his mouth, he was able to produce sounds like an instrument. It would change the decibel and the tone of his sound. He'd bring all sorts of music and sounds from his mouth. Whenever they heard him, you just wanted to sit down and join his kumzitz. Yeah, you you wanted to sit down and uh, join him in the singing. That's how gishmak. It's like somebody walks into a group, they pull out a guitar, everybody starts singing, right? So, uh, Hugras bin Levi sat down amongst the and he started singing, everybody's like, wow, you know, you want to start singing along. Okay, next part of the Mishnah, Garmu was in charge of the Lechem Aponim. We're going to now have a fascinating Gemara that's going to take us towards the bottom of the Yomad. Bezgarma, we're in charge of the Lechem Aponim, the 12 showbreads which had a very unique mold and a very unique approach to how they needed to be handled by Ratzul And therefore, they wanted to keep it special to their family. They didn't want to teach anybody else. So the Khan said, listen, you're not going to teach us how to do this. You're going to keep a monopoly. We're going to go bring in other people that know how to specialize in bread. So They knew how to make the Lechem upon him. However, there was an issue because these people that we brought from Alexandria, although they knew how to make the bread, they did not know how to remove the bread from the mold. So they didn't know how to really get it off. They were able to do half the job, not the total job. So what happened was, because they knew exactly how to light the fire in, you know, uh, with, the, with the bread, how to stoke the oven, they would take off the bread later, uh, and uh, it wouldn't, it wouldn't uh, rot. The people of Alexandria didn't really know the same process. They took it off too early. They took the bread out of the bowl too early and therefore would allow it to spoil. We know one of the, even though we know there was miracles concerning the lechem upon him, but a person has to do, their tadlas. You got to do, uh, according to Teva, according to nature, what works. And even pi Teva, this wasn't working out, so once the cham heard about this, they said, Bar." I find this to be a fascinating uh, exclamation, which I'm understanding it to mean. The Chachamim realized that base garmu, their tafkid, their purpose amongst Klal Yisrael was to do this particular process to take care of Lekhem everything that hashem makes ultimately is for his covenant okay shenemar as it says everything hashem made is for his sake as my bobby pair would say there's no waste before the lord yeah because who made something it's got a purpose it must be the purpose of base garmu is for this particular cause we should not take the job away from them so they sent back the base Garmu; they didn't want to come yeah apparently they were insulted yeah, they said oh, they didn't want to come back. Until we offered them double the double the price. Originally they got twelve, which was an exorbitant amount. Then we doubled it to twenty four. Rebuda says it was even more. They even got twenty four, and it was changed to forty eight. The Kham said to base Garmu, they said we don't understand something. You know how to make the upon him, no Give us the process. Give us the process. What are you holding on to? What do you, wh- wh- why, why are you being so careful with this thing? Why can't you teach us? They said, oh, we have a valid excuse. Now, the Chachamim are not going to agree with the excuse. But, we're, listen, this is what they said. A very interesting response. They said, The Messiah in our family is, ultimately is going to be destroyed. You know why we can't teach this? Because when they say, this is destroyed, people may take the process, make a lechem upon them, and we, look, we can't lead people to do in Avera. All right? So they had this excuse. Now, it doesn't seem the Chachamim were thrilled with this excuse. It says, by the way, base Garmu did a very nice thing. They're very careful about something. And remember, what, did, what was their Tafkid? What did they do? They took care of the bread. Lechem Because of that, says the Gemara, uh, they did a very positive thing. Sh'lay yotz ha'bi'yad b'nei'em The type of flour that was used in lechem ha'ponim, they never allowed their family to use that. Their entire lives, they never personally ate bread with the same type of flour that was used in the Beisam. Sh'lay yotz masi b'nei'em pas'nikiyah me'aylam. So that nobody can chas v'sholam say. Right? We learned this earlier. V'yisam nikiyah should be naki and from Israel, they would not even allow the flour into their home so that nobody could say that they're skimming flour off of the base hamikdash. Now we're going to have the same conversation, very similar at least uh, that we just had by base Garmo and Lacham upon him. We're going to have now with the Keteres and the family of Aftinas. Here we go, base Aftinas, on my Sekteres. Base they had the whole process of the Keteres down pat. They were experts in Katayras and keeping the smokestack going straight up. Aye, it was a miracle in the base Besamikdash. You're right, but again, we got to do what we got to do. Now, Milo Oshon doesn't only mean that the smoke went straight up. This was actually a grass. It was a plant that was added, that was put into the Qataris to ensure that the smoke went Straight up, they don't want to tell anybody else how it was done. The <laughs> Chum said, "Listen, all right, you're not gonna, you're not gonna teach us. We'll go get uh, people from Alexandria. They know how to make the the the, the same uh, mixture of khetaris. The problem was they didn't have this Milo Oshim plant. And the difference between the people of Aftinas and Alexandria is that when the base Aftinas did it." The smoke went straight up. And only once it was up, then it like mushroomed and then would come down. And the people of Alexandria, their smoke spread out right away. Once the Chum saw this, they said, you know, it might cost us more money and we're not happy with what Basaf Tinas is doing, but everything's got its purpose. Everything needs to be used for its time. <laughs> so they sent for base of Tina's base of said, We're not coming. Same miser we had with base garmo. <laughs> they originally paid them twelve, switched so twenty four. Abudis says no, originally it was twenty four. <laughs> it was changed to forty eight. <laughs> they said to them, not them right teachers <laughs> had to make the kataras as Mesarasi, but they have a say no same answer as Be'ez-Garmu. we have Mesara. Shabaiza that's gonna be destroyed in the future. Shayomadu, Acherma Yoisim, Kain we can't have afford that people making tires for Avaidazara. So the, again, we're not masking to this, as we're gonna see particularly over here later on in the Gemara. The Kham did not agree, but there is a very positive thing similar to what Garmu did that Bey is doing. It says the Gemara there's a very positive thing that Beis Avtinas did. They dealt with spices and perfumes, the Katiris. Back then, perfumes were made out of spices. The wives, the women of Beis Avtinas never wore perfume so that nobody could ever say that they're taking the nice-smelling things of the base HaMikdash. And not only that, yeah, Now you have a brand-new Shidduch question added to the list. Yeah, does your daughter from Beit wear perfume? Because we're from Beit and if your daughter wears perfume, we can't intermarry with her. Yeah. So I think let's read the new kasha. Maybe we're from Beit and if we're from Beit that's the new that's the new shidduch question. Okay, very good. If you want to make it more complicated, the kaima to fulfill the pasuk, which is the Yisem nakim. May um so they didn't allow themselves to ever make personal use of anything that was even remotely related to the Kittarius. He says, here we go, a couple stories about Beis Aftinas. I saw a young kid from the family of Aftinas. What family are you from? I'm from I'm from Aftinas. Your family wanted to keep the recipe secret so because they wanted all the cover. okay, They wanted the honor, and that limited Kvait Shemayim because the Beis HaMikdash was not able to get Kitaris from anybody, which otherwise it would have been able to do. And now look what's happened. Now your family is out of a job because the Beis HaMikdash is destroyed and there's no Kitaris and Kvait Shemayim has been spread. How so? Because HaKadosh Baruch Hu showed that there's consequences when Khai Yisrael does not follow <coughs> excuse me. Does not follow the Rats Hashem. Another story of Beis Avtinas, Amrabi said, Sakhli Shim said. Shimon Luka told me a story that Malakid Hayisi I saw him sh- that Shimon was collecting grass. Gecha, Michal, Beis Aftinas, together with a child from Aftina's family. I saw the child crying and laughing. And I saw him laughing I said to "Why my son lama why you crying and Omarli I'll covid I'll smile because we don't have a katirass anymore we used to make the katirass and now it's gone lama sahaktas why are you smiling Omarli I'll covid I'm thinking loss of love all right I'm smiling because bezes Hashem, there's going to come a day when when uh, the base amikdos is going to be rebuilt it's interesting, yeah. The story is being told to Rabbi Akiva. Remember, the famous Rabbi Akiva with the fox on the Harabayas. Umara Isa. So, so Shimon asked this kid. He says, "Why now? Why right now are you crying and laughing?" He says, "Myla Ashen Ooh, I got the secret ingredient. I just saw it as we were collecting grass. I saw the Myla Ashen. This was the secret ingredient for Beis So Numesi Siloi Beni Hareli. Show me. Show me what it is. Omar Lee. Nope. Sorry. Rabbi. Yeah. Family has a Masairah. We ain't showing it to nobody. Omar Veich Menuri. says, An ugly person from Aftinas came to me. Now, we're going now to show a happy ending, so to speak, for Base Aftinas. Relatively happy and he had the shopping list of the Ketiras in his hand. Ooh, secret shopping list. Yeah, no one else is let him know besides for base of Tina's. originally we kept secrets. of say And this shopping list will be passed hand to hand from generation to generation. But nowadays we can't keep secrets no more. And it's gonna get out, and we got a problem if it gets out because then people are gonna make this for Rabbi dessert. So I gotta I give it over to you, the Talmidei Chacham. Hey, take the list, Vizarba, be careful. And Shimon came and told the story to so Rabbi Akiva. of Akiva started to cry. I'm assuming out of like joy or gladness. And he said a very interesting thing. And he says, "Me'ata ain't anu." Notice this parentheses. Yeah, Rebaron, see that parentheses over there? It's fascinating. He says, Ein trichim or risham. There's a big nafkamina here. If it's, from now, Ainonu trichim that we don't need lahaskira on to mention base Aftinas negatively. So that's one thing, okay? Because it's kind of like they, they did tshuva, you know? Or it could be ain't anu risham, that we're not allowed. Yeah, that means that once, like this family's done tshuva, you're not even allowed to mention any sort of uh, uh, negative mahalach that uh, that they had. And the, a big practical la lahalacha really had to you know had to read this Gemara. The word rasha'im is is uh, in parentheses. It seems the main the main uh, over here is tzrichim. You don't need us to talk about it because it's you know it's passed on. Okay. Allah was in charge of the weaving of the curtains. Mamuna al-argi he was in charge of getting the proper weavers for all the curtains. The Pinchas, ha-malbish. Pinchas was the one in charge of dressing. The Gemara is now going to tell us the importance of dressing in an impressive way as B'nai right? As people who represent Takadish Baruch, people who, re- who represent Hashem. He was in charge even of the Kain Gadol's clothing. He got to make sure a person dresses sharp. Yeah, one of my once told me a yid has to dress. You're not allowed to dress attractive. You're not allowed. You're not supposed to dress attractive. You're supposed to dress impressive. The difference between dressing attractive and impressive. A yid has to be impressive. Yeah, the story with the Koyan Shehilvish, the Is Tartiyah, he had a job. He would dress up the military officers. But Lai he got paid well. Golden coins, Vista am and Treyas, uh, Trey, say you have laid 12 coins. Yeah, you see, it's a job to have, right? Not because of the money, but because it's a Cheshav thing. It's an important thing to um, dress, to dress uh, appropriately, especially in the service of Hashem. Okay, period. I'm call, Let's call this the next Mishnah, even though on Amr Beis, we're not going to have two Mishnahs, and these are really continuations of the beginning of the Perak where we listed the 15 different responsibilities within the enterprise of the Beis HaMikdash. Um, Let's keep going. Now, this Mishnah that we're about to read will translate. It's not going to completely make sense until the Gemara explains it to us, how the whole process works. So here we go. Says the Mishnah, There were at least seven people who had oversight, and at least three treasurers. There was always at least three treasurers and seven people with oversight. Any time there was any any handling of money, you always needed at least two people. Okay, now this applies to all most. We're going to see an exclude two exclusions, but most of the enterprises listed in the uh, in the responsibilities Listen, the first mission, the parak, all these names that we gave, right? for sichin, right? Is um. Is uh, going to be included in this, and all these names that were got—they themselves had two people overseeing them. Except for Benachy, who was in charge of the Chayim, right? Who, uh, who uh, the Kahanim that had the issues with their with their stomachs because they walked on the, the cold floors and because they ate a lot of meat and drank a lot of water and not the proper wine. But therefore, they didn't need the two people overseeing them. Says the Gemara. To explain how this worked, it's interesting. The Gemara switches around. The Mishnah said there was no, there was no less than seven overseas, uh, people with oversight, and three treasurers. Here we're switching around the, the phrase. It's interesting. Tani, we learned Mishne Kas Likin. You need to have at least two people overseeing. And we're not going to list psukim which give names and look at the number of names in each pasuk. V'achil v'azazil v'enachas. That's three. Gisbarim. They were treasures. You see three treasures. V'assoel v'irimais v'ayzavad v'aliel v'ismachiyahu umachas Seven names. Akarmulut. They were over, they had oversight. them and appointed over them. V'yad kavniyo v'shimi They had kananyo and shimi. So there are two people who oversaw that. Kisalikin. Mifkad Chiskiyo, Amalek Vazayanagid Beza like him. And how were these overseers, Pakad uh, chosen? By the Kohen Gadol and the Melech, Amalek Vekaengadol, Kishu Chaisim. And here's how they handled the money This is fascinating. You know, you have a kosherist agency, right? So, how do you know that something is still kosher? So the Mashiach goes in, puts his stamp on it, puts his seal on it, and as long as the seal's not broken, you know. That uh, he'll, he'll recognize it and he'll know the food's still kosher. So they needed to have a cheshirim on the money of the Beis Hamikdash. Here's how it worked: Shu'chaisim when they want to put away the money at Gisber. Chaisim I say la'arayim Markel. First the treasurer, the Gisber, took the money, put his seal, gave it over to the one who had oversight over him. A Markel chaisim chaisim la'kas slikoy. He put his seal on it, gave it to the one over him. Kaslikoy chaisim chaisim la'kayin gadol. Kayin gadol chaisim and I say the Melech. Shu'matir. And when they we want to take the when they want to remove the money. It went vice versa. First The king first had to make sure it was his his seal. And then say, Oh, yeah, this is my seal, and open it. Right? and anytime any you handled money in the base of Mikdash, you always needed at least two people of Rachmashim R of Mana. When they donated it to the Mishkan, it says, And they took the money that was donated. whose they? Plural. You see from here, whenever money's handled. and hektish. You got to have at least two sets of eyes. Dealing with this money. Period. All right? End of that explanation of the Mishnah. And now we're going to get into a Misa. The story of Misha Rabbeinu. And, and um, how... Klael Yisrael reacted to that first donation. So we're going to find that even Maishu Rabbeinu did not get off scot-free from some people uh, second-guessing his honesty. Okay. became very rich because he carved out the luchas. And the luchas were made of precious stones. And the, whatever was carved out of the luchas belonged to Maishu Rabbeinu. It's you. You, Akoshboko says, it's going to be for you. The extra precious gems are going to be yours. Amr Khan says, the extra will be yours. Amr says, not only became wealthy from the carving of the Lukais, but miraculously created a big pile of precious gems in Rabbeinu's tent. That's how Maysha became wealthy. And it says in the Pasuk that Klai Yisrael were looking behind Myshe Rabbeinu as he went to his tent. Now, Shrein Amiram. to Amiram explain this posture. Chad Omar Some say that it was a bad thing that Klai Yisrael did by looking after Maisha. Omar Lishvach. Some people say it was a positive thing what Klai Yisrael did for looking behind Maisha. Amar Legnai. They said, oh, look at his legs. Chomain look, uh, Kar. Look at his calves. Chomain Kupat. Look out! Look at his belly. Look, how, you know, look how he's getting fat. Meaning, echel min he's eating from the Jews. the and he drinking from the Jews. All the money we donated, Yisha Ben was taken from, him, and that's how he got his wealth. He thinks everybody thinks such a big tzaddik. I had to become wealthy. We all took money from Mitzrayim when we walked out. He was taking the bones of Yosef, a tzaddik. Where would he get all his money? All the money he's getting is from our donations. It says that actually when they looked after him, it was a positive thing on behalf of Klai Yisrael. They were saying, Halavai mezaki. Ooh, Look, the tzchus that we have, the merit that we have, the word tzchus, by the way, merit, is the same word as zach. comes from the word pure. A person, when we purify ourselves, you get tzchus, you get merits. Right? When we act in a way of a Kaddosh Baruch we do we perform mys and t'yvim, mitzvahs, It creates chosim, create purity. And that's what leads to the merit. T'yvahs d'chazah, t'yvah d'chazahs l'mechme yaseh. What a chos we have, what a merit we have to be able to have seen Ma'isha Rabin. Okay, next, Mishnah. And we'll read through this Mishnah and we'll hold it uh, as we get to the Gemara, five lines to the bottom. So let's turn through this Mishnah. And we will hold it here for today. We're continuing on with this institution of the Beis Hamikdash and how things work. Just to preface what our mission is going to say outside, okay? Um, how things work. This is very interesting. Different carbonites needed different amounts of items. You need a certain amount, a serious aifa, right? You need a tenth of an a you needed... Uh, a third of a lug, a quarter of a lug, dip- Whatever carbony you're bringing, you need different amounts. See, here's what happened: people didn't want to prepare everything before they came to the Beis Hamikdash. They didn't want to prepare it. There's a chance of it getting ruined, making the wrong amounts, so on and so forth, becoming tummy. Okay. So what would they do? The Beis Hamikdash had a little makolat, and here's how it worked to make things easier for, for the for the island, Here's what you do: you walk, you go to the Harabaias and head a makolat. You say, listen, I'm here to bring, for example, a carbon shlomim. So the person behind the counter, will learn their name soon, says, oh, so here's what you got to do. A shlomim needs this amount of oil, this amount of that, uh, this type of animal. That's going to cost you $53.25. You pay $53.25 for the ganza thing, the whole shopping list of your shlomim, and he gives you a ticket that says Shlomim. You take the ticket, you go to the next guy that with your Shlomim ticket that you paid for, and he'll give you ready made, yeah, ready made, the covet your carbon, anything you, you know, the, the proper amount of, the proper animal, the proper oil, the proper uh, wine, so on and so forth. Then, so you paid one guy. You got your product from the other guy. You handed in your ticket when you got the product. The one who took the ticket, at the end of the day, would go back to the one who was running the makol, let the cashier, and they would pay each other up. Okay? That's how it worked. Now let's read this inside the mission. There's four different types of tickets inside the base. It really means a stamp, a, a, a seal, okay? But there was a stamp. It was like something, a ticket. Here's your ticket to go get your carbon. And it was, on it was listed either the word. There's five different tickets. By Ramas, it was written in Aramaic. We know there's different levels of carbon ice. If you're a sin, sometimes you bring a... If you're poor, you bring a, a less expensive carbon. If you're richer, you bring a more expensive carbon. So you, they have to have different tickets. For, depending on how much you paid. Egal im Nishe Bakar. If you had a ticket for an Egal, so you got Nisachim for either a sheep or a goat. a a Whatever type you needed, okay? That's what all was written. besides for Nisachim of a Eil. Eil im because that was its own ticket. With its own uh, uh, that that its own amount of wine for nesachim, so it's a different price. And if you were, brought a ticket that said so you'd get the nesachim of the mitzrayim. Now here's what happened: when a person wanted nesachim, he was the cashier. He you paid him and he gave out the tickets. The nice gave him money. And he got to take a boy. Then you'd come to Achia, he had the nesachim. He gave him a ticket. And he gave it to Larev in the evening. The two would meet up. Achia would take all the tickets that were handed to him. He would take all the money that was paid, and they would match it up. If there was any loss of money, it was a personal loss to them. The would take the loss. And he'd have to pay up from his private money. And my sir is here. The hekdesh was actually go to hekdesh. He had like we learned previously, Hektash always has the upper hand. Misha Khisama, If a person loses his ticket, then what they do? Yeah, you're not just gonna give him a new ticket, right? You go to an go to amusement park. You say, I really paid for it. But I think I stuck in the machine. No, yeah, we're dealing with mum here. Yeah, we not just go, we can't just give out free money. So misha Arab, You have to wait till nightfall. If everything worked out perfectly, along with financially, the tickets matched up to the money, along with how much he paid. So then we'll trust that person, nice and light. We'll give him a new ticket. Then mav, but if not, if it doesn't match up, it doesn't seem like he paid according to what we have financially. We also would write the exact date on the tickets because of the Ramayim, because of people who can play around and. Uh, uh, Short sell the stocks. You know uh, the price of Nesachim goes up and goes down. We didn't want it to turn into a whole industry for people to be able to buy it now and bring you know and bring their carbon later because they want to get a better price. If you bought it, you got to take it for that day. As soon as that day passed, uh, you weren't getting any more Nesachim. And tomorrow we'll pick up from here as we uh, start the Gemara and uh, and uh, w- which will uh, begin to explain our Mishnah. Have a wonderful, wonderful evening. And will pick up with everybody tomorrow morning. I'm sorry, tomorrow evening. Yeah, right, today is Sunday and Monday. So we'll pick up everybody uh, tomorrow evening at uh, 6.15 p.m. Bez Hashem, will pick up at 6.15. Have a wonderful night.